Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome to another episode of The Kid Stays in the Podcast. I'm your host, Trey Cooper, and joining me as always is... Secret Spy Assassin Man Cooper. (laughs) I actually want to get up and walk out of the room. (laughs) You didn't even follow your own format. What do you mean? You you at least normally like do something where it like sounds like your name and you just like said a bunch of words and then said Cooper afterwards. I said secret. That has an S in the beginning of it. That... <laughs> and spy. I honestly don't have any words for that. And spy also had some ass at the beginning of it. Joining me as always is Solomon Cooper, and this week we're going to be discussing John Wick Chapter 4. Hooray. So, yeah, there was a, it was kind of a toss up. There's a, a lot of movies coming out this month. And indeed, after we saw John Wick, it was kind of a no brainer of which one we were going to have to talk about. Yeah, I I agree. I feel like I I can give a lot of good insights on this one. Well, um, just so you know, we will be discussing um, Dungeons & Dragons. We get to go see a um, sneak preview of that uh, a couple weeks ago. And I'm excited to talk about that movie as well. But let's not waste any time here beating around the bushes. Yeah, it's time to dive right in. Yeah. Um, Actually, we are going to waste some time beating around the bushes. Oh. Because I listened to the hijacked podcast that Solomon did last week where he waited till I was in New York and then sneakily went behind my back, got all of his friends to talk about Scream 6. Hey, that's what happens whenever you do a podcast without your son. Oh hey, my God. Hey, hey, hey. Let me, you didn't want to you you talk about that movie. Hey, Dad. Is the show called uh, The Adults Stay in the Podcast? The Plop pod- Class? <laughs> is, it called, is it called My Dad Stays in the Podcast? No, it's called the kids is in the podcast. Look, and we you I, picked me out. We don't have to rehear. We don't have to regurgitate every single part of the story. But a, you didn't tell me that you were going on vacation. You didn't tell me you're going to some resort until the day before. So I had no time. Was, was I gonna? Was I gonna leave all Don't of our all of our things. rogue media folks no no notice that we were not going to be doing podcasts for two weeks. So I already let everybody know that we weren't going to be doing be doing a podcast when I was in New York, but you didn't tell me until the day before, so I had no choice. Whereas you waited, I was about to be back in town. I was going to be in town to do the podcast. Yes, and you, you chose a movie that we saw together that I really was excited to talk about. Yeah, and I was also really excited to talk about it. And yeah, so were my friends. Yeah, your friends who hadn't even seen the movies before. They've you seen a lot of them who haven't seen almost any of the movies. I saw one, four. And six and seven, or no, the five and six. Five and six. And one of your friends hadn't even seen five. 
They didn't. And then you said, it doesn't matter if you haven't seen five. What? It's a direct, it's the, this is a direct sequel. I said it because it was a joke because I had to have them see it. But that's you I didn't. Them beforehand. You didn't. It didn't sound like you were making it a uh, joke. It sounded like you were being serious. I went like this. Oh no! It it definitely doesn't matter at all. No, you didn't. I did too. You're like you don't need to see that movie. It's completely pointless. <laughs> Even though every single thing that happens in that movie is why the things that are happening in this movie happen. Dad, I don't know why you're judging up the past. We need to talk about John. Yeah, Wick. we got to talk about John Wick. But I did want to let everybody know that I really loved Scream Six. Like I really, really liked it a lot. Um, and I feel like people really wanted to hear me say that. Uh, yes. So many people have been waiting. All of our listeners have been needing your opinion. Yes, they wanted me to weigh in. So anyway, let's actually now By talk the way, about it. I actually really liked The Whale. <laughs> so Solomon refused to watch The Whale. Favorite movie so that's the reason time. why we and did podcast about it. my dad watched it without me and discussed it without now me. Now you're, li- you're just a liar. <laughs> so let's just dive right in. Yeah, let's dive right in to John Wick. Chapter 4. Chapter 4. Um, so we have actually seen every one of the John Wick movies together at the movie theater. We have every um, single one together as a family. Which, um, depending on what you think of parenting and uh, what types of movies people should allow to watch, either makes me the best dad ever or the worst dad, because that means that you've been watching John Wick movies since you were like five, seven, and they are known that the that one is being uh, very graphically violent. Yeah, uh, action movies. John Wick. Uh, the first one came out in 2014. I was just about seven years of age. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, and I've been watching ever since. And we watched it a bunch of times. <laughs> the first one. A bunch of times. Oh, that's probably why I am the way I am. So this, uh, yes, probably is, actually. That's like nine years of movies. I know. That's awesome. I'm so happy that I was able to follow this franchise from the beginning. Mm-hmm. So John Wick. Um, we're not going to bury the lead here, right? We're not going to keep anybody in suspense. Uh, it's the gift that keeps on giving and somehow getting better. Um, I thought that, uh, John Wick one obviously was amazing. John Wick two is amazing. John Wick three. I was like, it's very good, but we're starting to see how this formula could kind of, could start to get a little bit, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Uh, stale. Don't get me wrong. John Wick three is not in any way bad. Yeah, it's just like the worst of the best things in the world. Yeah. And then you hit the fourth movie, and it's somehow better than all of the other movies? <laughs> I mean, like, it's it, it's hard to it's hard to say that it's actually the best, just because the audience and critic scores have definitely named it that. Mm-hmm. Um, because you, I almost said something that's not true. I was about to say you can't... Um, have your first experience again. You know what I mean? So the first time you're watching John Wick and you're watching the way that he fights, you would think you can't have that experience again. Mm-mm. But what did you think? I feel like I felt like I was kind of having that experience again. <laughs> yeah. It's just cause John, there's so many John Wick can't use all the weapons in the world. You know, he can't do every fighting style. There's infinite things that he could be doing at all times. So, yeah, there is new things that you can watch John Wick murder people with. Oh, I mean, I'm, I do agree with you on that, but I mean a little bit deeper, like in the sense oh, that... Oh, not, not deep not, enough. Okay. okay, that's not what I meant. Oh, I see how it is. I, my brain is just too surface level. I didn't... I meant more like you can't... What are you doing? <laughs> I feel like my mic is slowly falling down. It's not, like though. it's slowly sinking. You just sat up taller. Well, I had to move it up then. Um, no, what I meant was that 
John Wick, the I, I I read an interview with the director. Me and him go way back. His name is Chad. Um, yeah, we love Chad. We don't actually go way back, by the way. I'm just uh, lying. Just want to make sure <laughs> everybody knows. I'm literally what, saying that because I can't pronounce his last name properly. What was the point of even saying no? <laughs> Why did you think that people were going to be like, oh my God, Trey Cooper knows Chad? I thought that they might. people might actually believe it. No one would believe that. I know a lot of famous people. Name one. God, I can name 30. <laughs> name one. I don't want to. I don't, I'm not a name dropper. Okay. Anyway, so uh, it's, what is it? It's Chad, like, Stahilski. Stay, 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 Stahilski. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so anyway, we'll just call him Chad. But so he, he's a former stuntman. I'm sure you know this, right? And Yes, I do. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm not, I don't want to trash on, I, I can't remember the guy's name. I don't want to trash on his, his, uh, partner who I think they directed the first two John Wicks together, at least the first one. And then now they kind of split apart and this guy's kept with the John Wick franchise and other guys gone on to direct stuff like Atomic Blonde and. Oh, nice. But, um, I like all of those movies. Yeah, we love this. But movie. I would definitely say that this, that, that Chad seems like he's the more, more talented of the pair. <laughs> That's rude. I mean, that other guy left, and John Wick kept getting better, and then he kept making John Wick knockoffs. <laughs> <laughs> well, they work. They still got good reviews. Um, right. uh, Tonic Blonde got okay. Really? I like that I, Did that guy direct um, Mr. Nobody? No, it's just called just Nobody. Nobody. Yeah, see? I predicted what you were going to say. <laughs> you love course correcting me. I do, because you're always incorrect. Um, Always. That's also, I said course correcting. That wasn't course correcting. Never once that's have you been correct. Grammar correcting me. Um, so anyway, th- this guy's a stuntman. Did you know that actually? Oh, mm-hmm. I mean, so you're lying too? I don't lie, Dad. So you knew that Chad <laughs> was a stuntman before? <laughs> no, I did not. Yeah, he was a stuntman, and he was also a stuntman for Keanu Reeves. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, what am I to keep talking <laughs> as if I'm laughing? <laughs> so so weird to be hearing that. Um, anyway, we um. So we, I read this article where about where the director was saying that kind of how this works is him and uh, Counter Reeves get together and they drink some Japanese whiskey and they try and they think of ways they could one up themselves. God, essentially, that sounds like the life, doesn't it? Just sitting drinking some Japanese whiskey with Keanu Reeves, trying to make movies better. Yeah, and I mean. The thing is, he he made this really interesting point where he said, I'm not trying to trash on anybody else. I'm not trying to rip on like other action movies. He's like, there's a place for shaky cam action or good, well-edited action. Instead of like, you know, what they do is like kind of just long one takes. Mm-hmm. He's like, I'm not saying that's the only way to do it. But if you're hiding behind it because of a lack of creativity or because you're just not really passionate about that. That's when it really hurts action movies. So if you're, let's say, making a movie like uh, Jungle Cruise and your primary focus is the humor parts and, you know what I mean, the silly Disney stuff, that's what you really like about making the movie. The action scenes have to happen, right, because they're on paper, So, but your heart's not really in shooting them. So you're just like, oh, well, you know what I mean, we can cut around this, yeah. you know. Um, I think that's kind of what he was trying to get at is that that's how you make a crappy action sequence and he was saying that what he does when he goes into these scenes is he thinks he says i'm i want to make every shot 
matter. Gorgeous. Don't say matter. He just said, I want to make it gorgeous and perfect. He's like, I don't care if it's an insert shot, a cutaway shot, a dolly in shot, you know, anything. And if it's not good enough, then we just we'll do a new then one. Then we'll do it again. Make it better. Make it better. Yeah, God, exactly. that is a that is a that's a good way. Yeah, and that's to direct. And, and that's the attitude of a guy who's just making action movies. And I'm not. I say just making. I mean, he's making the height of action movies. This is peak action movie. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think we have we have two franchises right now that are absolutely stunning because of a use of practical effects and real stunts. And that is Mission Impossible and John Wick. And even Mission Impossible, as much as I love that franchise, it's a little, it's a, it's quite a bit different. You know what I mean? Very, very different. Um, but John Wick, especially in Chapter Four, it it almost is a joke. How much action is in this movie? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. The last, the last, this is a almost three hour long movie. The last forty five minutes is just action set piece after set piece after set piece after set piece like right in a row yeah that's the third act is just him doing insane fighting yeah and we're because i we will talk about the plot of the movie in the second half of this so i'm fine with us just kind of going back going back and forth for the first 15 minutes but the whenever the part where they fight up those stairs Mm -hmm. he said that he was location scouting the director and um they saw those stairs, immediately knew they were going to shoot a scene there. Really? Yeah. That wasn't written in the script or anything. And the guy who was with him, like his stunt coordinator I don't or whoever, I don't remember who it was, was like, okay, who's getting knocked down those stairs? And he's like, no. Everyone. He's like, we're going to make him. And again, they're just making this up right then. Like, no. I think will be great is we make him fight his way up and then he gets knocked down and it's like this Sisyphean, uh, that's his name? Sisyphus. Yeah. Sisyphean. Yes. Sisyphean. (laughs) Not Sisyphean. (laughs) Sisyphean task of, you know, pushing the boulder about up the hill and then it keeps rolling down. Mm -hmm. He's like, I think it'd be funny if he keeps fighting his way all the way up and then he gets knocked all the way back down and then he keeps going. And what's, what's great about what was great about reading that is that was exactly our reaction in the theater. That's how, in control of the tone and whatever these movies that this guy is. Yeah. Because that's how we felt, right? Like it's an amazing action sequence, but then it's also like funny watching him just roll down the stairs. It, it, Cause he would roll for so much longer than you would expect. Cause there's a couple times where he would fall and he'd get back up, but then he would just roll for like two minutes. Yeah. And they do not cut. You watch him roll down every single stair. And it's very funny, but also very upsetting. Yeah, exactly. That's the thing. It's like perfect tone. Like, how do you how do you match being making somebody feel like something's badass, something is suspenseful, something's upsetting, like you said, right? It's disappointing that it happened to him, but also that's funny. Yeah, you need to have four things going on in your mind in an in an action scene, and it nail is nailed. Yeah, perfectly. A bit of trivia about that scene because he actually talked about the the interviewer asked um, how the stuntman did that, mm-hmm. you know. And he said he did it on, he got it on his second take. Oh. Because the first take, he made it about like one layer of stairs down and then he got kind of caught up and wasn't able to keep the momentum going. Mm-hmm. But on the second take, he was able to go all the way down. I mean, that's honestly really great. Is that the only hurt? two takes? Yeah, I'm sure it hurts. 
how is he doing that? That just seems horrible. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure it is. <laughs> they rolled down 30. Thank God it was only two takes. Hey, we might uh, make this podcast a little bit longer. Maybe not. Maybe we'll be able to get to all we need to say in 15 minutes, but we have to take a break. Oh, um, really? We're at time. Yeah. See how fast that went? Oh. We got a lot of John Wick to discuss. Oh, goodness me. So, all right. Quick break and we we'll wrap right back. And, and now, now a word, word from, from our sponsors. sponsors. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back to the Kid Stays in the Podcast and our discussion of John Wick, Chapter 4. I thought you were going to leave off the Chapter 4 part and I was going to be really upset. Of course not. I would never do that. Uh, so we were talking about the uh, stunt scene where the guy goes down the stairs. Another thing that I thought was really interesting as far as the philosophy behind John Wick and why, of all the action movies that we see, it's one of the movies that's so fun to see with the audience because everybody's kind of making the same sounds. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Someone gets their head slammed or something. Everyone's like, oh, oh. So he was talking about as he, a lot of this is because of his years as a stuntman mm-hmm. um, and then watching action movies and, and scenes. He was saying that their philosophy is that people um, react and relate to the smaller stunts that are things that have happened to you in some way, right? So, for example, flying off a cliff in a car, climbing out the passenger window, and then parachuting to safety. You might be like, oh, that's really cool, but you can't relate to what that feels like. There's no part of you that gets that feeling in your stomach like you know what that was like. Yeah. But we've all stubbed our toe or banged our head on the wall. You know what I mean? We've all banged our head on the wall? You never banged your head against something? You never stood up and banged your head against a cabinet or something? Kind of yeah, that we've all banged. So we've slammed our we've slammed our hand or finger in the car door and a in a door. So taking those things that have happened to us that we can relate to will give you this physical reaction and just amplifying them. So he was basically saying that if you had John Wick fly out of a helicopter and be shooting people with machine guns in the air, even if you did it practically, it was a cool stunt, which is more what Mission Impossible does. Which I think is again that's great. I'm not this awesome. is not a like versus yeah. Uh, Mission Impossible thing, but those are awesome. But whenever John Wick grabs somebody's face and then repeatedly slams it over and over and over again into like a marble pillar, you can relate to what that probably is feeling like. You know what I mean? And same thing when he like stomps on someone's foot on the ground and yanks their arm up. Like, I just thought that was, I never ever thought about it. But John Wick really is one of those movies that really does make you keep going like, oh man, oh, in like a fun way. But <laughs> at everything, really funny sounds. Um, and yeah, that's like I think that's because of their philosophy. They try and keep it to where it the action weird. is like in a way that's really relatable to people, just amplified. That's interesting. Very interesting stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, so look, we're doing this. We're doing this uh, bass backwards, but we're because we're in the second half of this uh, podcast, and we're just not getting to the plot. But that's funny, Dad. I think that's fine. Bass backwards. That's not, it, that's just an old corny that's so thing. That's funny. That's just an old corny thing people say. I think it's funny. <laughs> I liked it. Um, uh, do you want to give us a quick plot synopsis of this movie? We're doing the plot synopsis in the second half? I just said we did it bass backwards. That's crazy. I thought we were chill. 
All right, man. Um, John Wick wants his freedom from the high table. Mm-hmm. And he's mm-hmm. going to work and fight his way out. I think that's good enough. I think that's good. If you <laughs> That's actually me, pretty good. If you correct me. So, I prefer uh, that to all the other ones. Let's go. Yeah, so that's pretty much it. Uh, John Wick wants out. Um, and uh, he's going to kill whoever he has to kill to, to do it. Yep. Amen. Um, oh, so the, one of the, the thing I was going to tell you earlier, like offline, was when I, t- oh, I was saying that uh, somebody told me something and then I believed it was true. Mm-hmm. So the whole time watching the movie, I'm watching this specific actor and I'm like, that's not the guy this person told me it is. But then I was like, why would that person tell me that? That they were probably right. So I kept convincing myself it wasn't who I thought it was and it was this other person. And I was even leaning over to you and saying it partially to reinforce it in my own brain because I was I was having a huge amount of cognitive dissonance. That is, they my friend told me that the guy who is like the head of the the marquee, the marquee. was uh played by that guy from Chronicle, like what's Dane DeHan or something like that. Okay. Remember I leaned over to you and I was like, it's the guy from Chronicle, remember that guy? I said no. And the reason Harry he's Harry Osborne in the Amazing Spider-Man movies. Yeah, yes, yeah. Yeah. No, it wasn't him. It was who I thought it was the entire time, which is Bill Skarsgård, who plays Pennywise and who's in Barbarian. Oh yeah, I knew that. Solomon from the beginning. Then why did you not say anything? Goofball. I said no. I I I leaned back over. I said, Dad, that's obviously Bill Skarsgård (laughs) from Pennywise. I'm so I'm so annoyed that 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 person told me this false bit of information. Because it, it was really hurting my brain the whole time I'm watching it. Because I'm like, that really looks like the Skarsgård guy. Like, and especially because he's that's those Skarsgårds, man. Them fools are tall. They are tall. So every time he's standing next to anybody, I'm like, yeah. I don't remember that Dayhan guy being that tall. But anyway, that was a weird. Who told you that? I can't remember who it was. It was I don't want to say somebody's name because it might not have been that person. But it was one of my friends from film school. So, oh, anyway, that's funny. I think could have been somebody else. <laughs> could have been somebody from normal school. Ooh, but yeah. So Stellan Skarsgård, oh. uh, he has pretty much a non-action role. He's you know the head of the high table, and he basically just bossing everybody around and being a little prissy Frenchman. Yeah, God, I hate the French. I mean, he I was hate the French. He was really. We have a lot of French listeners. So he really needed to not. Hey, gang, I'm really sorry. So you love them. No, I hate the French. Stop. You can't <laughs> just say that. What do you think is just okay, acceptable to be racist towards French people? E, you uh, think it's just acceptable to be racist towards French people? I think 99% of Americans agree with me. Well, Americans are just typically racist about a lot of things. That doesn't mean anything. Oh, not all Americans What about are Europeans? Racist. What about Europeans? Do you think all Europeans? What about Canadians? I love all, all of those. What about people. all of your Canadian friends? Well, some of my Canadian friends are from Quebec. Quebec. Quebec, so that's a problem. Yeah, it is a problem. So you need to stop saying you hate no, all French people. I meant for them. You're wasting a huge amount of time with your racism, your blatant I'm racism. I'm not being a racist. I'm going to get you canceled. You're going to get me canceled. I'm going to send a recording of this to the French, France, to <laughs> the French embassy, and they are going to cancel me yes. personally. Uh, they will put they will put you on blast. Oh, okay. I'm not on Twitter. It doesn't really matter because this movie also seems to really hate French people because Skarsgård's not French and he's doing a very very fun but stereotypical French accent. Yeah, how do you know I'm not and saying I hate the French because of this movie? And he's also a big, uh, you know, punani. Exactly. Um, oh, I wanted to look up what that painting is. You can't look up what a painting is. We have we only have seven minutes to go. Okay, let's let's continue it. But you're not going to be engaged if you're looking up what a painting is. You should have looked it up beforehand. It's uh, called show prep. I know. 
Well, you didn't do it. So, so put, your, put your phone down. Okay. You don't get to look it up. It's down. You can put it in the show notes. All right. Um, so, yeah, basically the, the the beginning of this movie is the marquee. If you don't put your phone down right now, it's going to be distracting to me. I literally did not have my phone. Put on. your hands above your head. Leave them there. The whole rest <laughs> of the thing, like you're under arrest. It's horrible. Um, so the beginning of the uh, of the movie, the marquee basically destroys the Continental New York Hotel. Yes. And excommunicates um, the manager, Mr. Manager. What's his name? Winston. Yeah, Winston. Yeah. So, um, and then he starts proceeding to pretty much just, you can put your hands down, but just don't touch your phone. You can, he pretty much proceeds to start dismantling any form of protection or friendships that John Wick would have. So we start with this, um, we're just not going to have time to go through every single one of these these combat scenes, which is not really fun for anybody anyway. No, it's not. But um, I just want to go through like a couple of things that I thought were cool. Yeah. So we start with uh, an assault on the uh, Jap- the Japanese continental. Osaka. Hotel. Yeah. And it's amazing. Gorgeous. Gorgeous. Like Japanese imagery. Uh, uh, cherry blossom leaves blowing through the wind as John Wick is. Shooting people in the face. I think your cherry blossom petals, whatever not leaves, whatever, whatever. It's gorgeous and like. Would you say that you left your lover on Valentine's Day a bunch of rose leaves? <laughs> that it's not the same. They they grow on trees. Oh, it's pretty much the same. No, it's not. Anyway, so continue. yeah. Uh, well, I was just making fun of you, so you continue. Oh, I was just saying like. Well, I was just talking about the imagery. Um, like lots of like Japanese weapons, katanas, shurikens, um, bows, bows, yeah, yeah, and like gorgeous reds. For some reason, and, oh yeah, red and white, like a, a Japanese flag. Yeah, and really, really those colors, uh, strong, like characters in that scene. Yeah, like the the manager of that hotel. I'm completely blanking on the guy's name. This is really embarrassing. Um, he's really famous too. It's, but um, him and his daughter, they're great, really great characters. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not really in the movie that much after that, but sorry, this is a full spoiler <laughs> podcast as everybody knows, but, um, but the thing that I thought really elevated this movie past the other ones, like the, the movies have always had great side characters, especially the non-combat characters, you know, mm-hmm. um, you had, um, Ian McShane as, as Winston and always Lance Riddick, um, as the concierge, and um, what's his name? His, his name is something that like it's, it's the thing that the ship that ushers you to death. Charon. Yeah, that's his name. Yeah. Um, and then um, in the first movie, you had this ushers is, you to death. It ushers you to hell. Okay. Or the other side, you already die. So they t- they usher your they take your soul too to the underworld. To the underworld. It's not that big. See how you corrected me for no reason whatsoever as well, the same thing. Well. Um, but in the first movie, you have like Willem Dafoe as like his best friend who's a sniper. Do you remember him? Yeah. Um, and then, so you have a lot of these these actors who are just great character actors. Lawrence Fishburne. They're these great character actors that are side supporting characters who have always anchored the John Wick movies. What this movie really elevated, in my opinion, and feel free to disagree, is that this movie had just a amazing powerhouse set of foes. They were coming at him. That were great characters, because like I vaguely remember the. I mean, I remember the characters in John Wick One, right? Because the Russian mafia guy, but he doesn't seem like he. He knows that when John Wick finds him, he's dead. You know what I mean? You're not afraid that he's going to beat him. Mm-hmm. And then his son is just that guy from Game of Thrones. You know what I mean? Like was his Ramsey Bolton, 
And so he's not going to be able to beat John Wick. So they're just throwing goons at him. You know yeah. what I mean? And then you have like mini bosses and whatever. The second movie, I'm not going to lie, can't remember. I can't remember who the villains are. Anything else? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So like they're like random people. I'm sure that somebody's going to call and be like, "Are you kidding me?" And John Wick three, this pressure the best. But like Halle Berry didn't even make a dent of an impact on me in John Wick three. Her with her dogs. I can't believe you. I'm sorry. They replaced her with a much more interesting potential villain in this movie who also had a dog. That's true. He's awesome. I love him. He's like my favorite person from this movie. He's known as the tractor or Mr. Nobody. <laughs> he just said he's known as the tractor. Tracker. You said tractor. I did not. You literally said he's known as the tractor. Okay. Be quiet. We don't have time for this. <laughs> I did not call him the tractor. You'll listen to the podcast. He's known as the tracker. It'll drop in two days. And... His name, and but everyone calls him Mr. Nobody, and he's got like this very Western like style. He's got like a revolver, and he's got a lever lever. Ac- okay, I can't talk. Lever action rifle, and uh, he's got his dog, and he's got a red bandana, and he's got a backpack, and he's got a brown jacket. He's got boots Okay, on. we're done. <laughs> I didn't actually feel like he was particularly Western. I thought he was more just like purely American because his fighting style was like very just classic boxery. Um, and yeah, he did have a revolver, but he and also had that lever action rifle. He did. He was using that, that weird submachine gun, not submachine, that weird machine gun thing. And most of the time, I know you're talking about him having a bolt what action machine rifle. Machine gun thing that he, he was not using a bolt action rifle. Lever action. What's the difference in a bolt action, and a lever action rifle? It goes like, there's a lever on it and you pull it down and shoot and you go. That sounds like what you do with a shotgun. No, that is a pump action. I don't know. I felt like he was using just a pretty modern piece of thing. No, it was awesome, and it was really cool, and that's why I loved him. Um, well, look, we're going to spend the last full two minutes just talking about one person because we ran out of time. But there's so many things I want to discuss. We're out of time, bro. We're out of time. Let's go for um, – we can go a little bit over. we got to go with um, Donnie Yen. Oh, you loved who him. Who played Kane. He loved him more than I loved mine. You didn't like him? Oh, I loved him. So Donnie Yen is like one of the best martial artists um, especially in television movies. I mean, he plays Ip Man. He's just amazing. And he has this incredibly fast, specific style that he fights in. And it works so well because he plays a blind assassin in this movie. Mm-hmm. His and, name is Kane. Yeah, I, said, I already said that. You did? Yes. Okay. And um, he just like, like whenever he stabs people with his sword, it, there's no belaboring. It's not dramatic. You know what I mean? It's just in and out. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not one of those things where he sticks it in and he's twisting it and he's like, this is how you die today, Mr. Wick. You know what I mean? He just fights. He's just efficient and ruthless. He doesn't really want to be doing it. That's the thing. He's insanely good at it, but it's not something he really wants to be doing. He just has to do it. Yeah. So the way he fights is amazing. The way that they have him use sound um, and audio cues. Lots of cool stuff with that. Yeah, they did such a great job. And this is very important. He's a very good actor, so he's also an amazing character. Mm-hmm. So you have this great dynamic of all these people, including the tracker, who we don't, he's kind of a mysterious figure. Yeah, so we, we never really know where his allegiances are. So you have these great villains that are coming against John Wick, but they don't have any problem with them. In some cases, they really like, like him. him and are considered them friends. And I think that, that that stuff just elevated this movie past the other movies. You know yeah. what I mean? Um, it's much different to watch someone fight somebody who's their friend, who's played by this incredibly, incredibly capable 
actor, but also phenomenal martial martial artist. Yeah. And man, we could talk about this movie honestly there's for just, like another there's hour. There's so much cool stuff. Every character had a very specific way, like a very specific style. And like how you could see like what their like strengths were, and they thought that one entire sequence top down like Diablo. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I read a whole interview about that as well. That but guess cool. what? No, we, we, go. we have more time. We no, can no, out. we can go a little bit over this girl. We gotta take a break then, at least. We have to take a break. No, we do not have to take a break. We have to take a break every fifteen we do minutes. Not have to take All right, guys, we're taking a break. We'll be right back. And, and now, now a word, word from, from our, our sponsors. sponsors. Welcome back to the Kid Stays in the Podcast and our discussion of John Wick Chapter Four. All right, so apparently we're doing a third segment because Solomon needs to talk about this girl. This is unheard of. Um, so, yes, this girl, as we know, as we know, she's a very tiny lady, right? What are you talking about? You don't, we don't even know who you're talking about. Oh, it, I'm sorry. It's you the, said there's this girl, and as we know, she's a tiny lady. <laughs> she's, she's, the, uh, she's the continental the continental owner's manager's daughter. Which one, Winston? The Osaka continental okay. manager's daughter. Okay. She's also his concierge. Yes. So it's like right-hand woman. Yes. And basically, she's a very tiny little person. And she's having to fight these big, massive dudes who could probably punch her once and she would explode. Right. Um, so it was really interesting watching as she was almost like always on the floor, about like creating like weight difference, like t- throwing weight balances off. You know what I mean? Mm, so she was I always- I don't understand what you mean. I don't feel like you're using proper English. I'm not. She was always in the ground, and that way she could, like, use her legs and kick someone else's leg and then have them fall, and then she could, like, murder them because she needs to be able to have, like, control of her speed and, like, throw them off because if she can't do that, she dies without a doubt instantly. So I just thought it was really interesting because all of these people have very specific styles like we you talked about the where the tracker has like some american style so he's punching super hard and using his awesome weapons and then kane has his he's blind um and he's having to stab really quick and he's having to use all of these like very strategic that also that also makes a lot of sense that i didn't think about is that because he's blind he needs to get in 10 strikes where somebody else is only getting in one i was because he might not be able to hit them the first couple times because he can't see them i was gonna say that but i didn't want you to be like no i think it's just because he doesn't want to do it anymore no, I think, think that, I think, I, I think that's part of like whenever he like stabs people or whatever, just like really fast, it's just an instrument to him. But yeah, it's kind of like a, it's like a person who uses a rapier that's trying to go really fast. And also, like you said, he a person might. used to rape you. A rapier. Oh, so weird. <laughs> <laughs> that's not weird. Because I didn't realize that you said rapier and I don't feel like you said it right. No, I said It's like you called that guy a tractor. <laughs> okay. So yeah. And then she also, we have to watch her. Be like I said, being able to control the speed and also be able to control the balance of the of the fights, and I just thought all oh, that was really interesting. And she's really good at the bow, so she has range as well. And then I wanted to talk about one scene, and I told you about it offline, as you said before, which was the scene of the marquee <clears throat> as Winston's trying to like get his his continental back. I want to call it a hotel. It is a hotel. Well, yeah, but a continental sounds cooler. Um, he wants his hotel back. And obviously once he likes John Wick, so he's trying to get John Wick's freedom. But so he's like trying to lure the guy into doing the duel. And he The guy. The marquee. Hey, I said you that in the beginning. I said the marquee. If I said if I were talking about two people and then I'm saying he's luring the guy, you assume that I'm talking about the other guy who has Ted before. I feel like you need to be specific. I introduced the guy in the beginning of the sentence. Yeah, it's not a book where somebody can go back and read your first sentence again. <laughs> okay, but they can rewind. 
Who wants to do that? Who wants to go back? You've already made this take so much longer than it's supposed to. So yeah, basically, you watch the marquee. Like he like walks up to the this this painting, which I wanted to look up, but it's called like the 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 white angel or something like that. And um, my my art friend talked to me about it and described this painting in detail, like actually like a couple of weeks ago before I saw this movie. And um, it was just really interesting because it's talking it's that that painting is all about like the French Revolution and how well whatever this ladies whatever showing. Well, good good savior. description of the painting. Yeah, it's just it's okay. Sorry, it's this lady in the middle of a bunch of dead bodies, and all these people are fighting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you watch him standing there, and he gives this very slight smile, like very, very slight, like almost imperceptible. Imperceptible. That's what I said before, but I didn't want to sound like a um loser. <laughs> okay. Um, I feel like you lost the thread of this, though, because you went in so many directions. Now people don't even understand what you're talking about. Um, so, yeah, he gives a very slight smile. But why does he give a slight smile? What's happening? What's the context of the scene? All we know is that you, all we know is he's in front of a painting. Oh, dear God. I told you he was luring them in. Who was luring him in? I who was s- giving the smile? I don't know who's smiling. I don't know who's inside the painting, who's not in the painting. I don't know. Is your friend in this scene? You're the worst person in the world. Okay. So Winston is talking to the Marquis. And he's trying to trick him into accepting a direct duel yes. with Keanu Reeves. And he's saying, wouldn't you love to just be the person who gives that final blow to John Wick? To John Wick, you, that gives you a lot of reputation. And then the marquee walks up to the painting, looks at it, and gives a very slight smile. So, so slight. As to be imperceptible. <laughs> and you watch him say... Okay, I agree. And just that very subtle acting, and it was just all like every and everything about how it was like framed with that revolution painting was just all of that was. I just thought that was like a gorgeous, gorgeous thing, beautiful. I I liked that. Um, it really showed that. Um, the marquee knew that Winston was tricking him. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Why would he be pitching them this if he didn't think he was going to win? So he knows in some way this is set up for him to lose. Yeah. But he's so arrogant that as soon as he gets that little bit of, you know what I mean, ego boost, ego stroking, he can't help himself. Yeah. He's too arrogant to think he can lose. Um, that, that scene, though, is one that the director talks about where oh, good. they asked about it. Not that part of that scene, but the part where, because it's actually, it's it almost becomes a joke how long the shot is. Of just Winston oh. walking past all the paintings, and they're like, "What about?" He's like, "He's like uh, the guy." Their interviewer's like, "I'm curious because in a movie, it's already like almost three hours long. How did you get away with putting this like really long, like three minute tracking shot of just a guy walking?" And he's like, "I'm not gonna lie, that was just like a director ego shot. You know, at this point, we made these movies and we can kind of do what we want, and we're getting to shoot in the Louvre. So he's like, if we're gonna get to shoot there." I'm going to do this indulgent five-minute tracking shot. I mean, that was really funny, and um, I, I appreciated it personally. Yeah. And I think it gives you, like, a nice little break, and um, I feel like there's a lot of uh, nuances 
within it, probably. <laughs> some secret nuances. Oh, well, it's insightful. Mm-hmm. There probably is some <laughs> secret nuances in the scene. <laughs> well, I bet, like, that, like you could think about, like, maybe what he, what he's thinking about. It gives your brain some time to be, like, watching him and, like, relax and be like, oh, Winston, I wonder what he's thinking about. Stressed out, watching him. And maybe it brings him get the power back, you know. He's going to walk in there. You watch him walking. Like, there's a lot of things he could do. Speaking of Winston, I'm curious if they're going to do another John Wick movie, first of all. Um, and if they do, who's going to be his concierge? Because very sadly, Lance Riddick died in real life. And he also died, and he in, the also died in the movie. Mm-hmm. So either way, he'd have to have a new concierge. We should also let them know that John Wick does die at the end of this movie. Why did you have to say that? It's a full spoiler podcast. Yeah, but why would you need... There's no reason to say that. <laughs> because why would you ask if there's going to be another John Wick movie? Because we don't know. Why would there be a John Wick movie? What is going to... He found, maybe he had a secret son named John Wick? How we know that there's going to be another John Wick movie? We don't. He doesn't have to die if there's not to be another John Wick movie, you dumb-dumb. You can just not make another one. Yeah, but He fought way. the marquee, he got out, now he goes and lives his life. Yeah, but there wouldn't be one then. There isn't going to be one either way. But why did you have to tell everybody that he why died? Why does it matter? It's a full spoiler podcast. I get that it's a full spoiler podcast, but that's a spoiler you didn't need to say. We always say we want to make sure we can talk about spoilers because it's important to talk about the movie. You don't have to tell them that John Wick dies at yes, the end. Yes, you do. No, you don't. It doesn't make it <laughs> part of the conversation. I feel like you do. Oh, it's just a deeply stupid thing to say. I feel like it's important. Deeply deeply. Because Deeply, then we can talk about truly dumb. There can also be like spinoffs. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to keep saying how dumb you are. Um, yeah. Well, since you already said it, um, we all like. Let's be really clear. John Wick may have died at the end. Bruh. Bruh. Do we see them put his body into a coffin and put that coffin into the ground? <laughs> I guess that's fair. All we do is see a tombstone. Yes, he could have faked his death mm-hmm. and then moved to Hawaii. Yeah, exactly. In fact, that would make a lot of sense. So yeah. I would actually say that we don't know if John Wick is dead. I don't feel like it does make a they, lot of they sense. They implied it. Yeah, because it makes a ton of sense. He got out. Yeah, he got out, but they can still always find him. What if they get pissed off again? These aren't nice people. Yeah, but the high table can't do anything to him. So What? Other people can, and yes, they can. All they do is change the rules. They're doing it all the time. Nope. They kept unconsecrating the hotel so that people could go in there and murder everybody. They can change any of the rules. Without rules, we are just the animals. That's what they said. That's what they said. Solomon, they change the rules all the time. All I have to say is, uh, oh, you know, we found out that you owe so-and-so a favor still, so I'm afraid you're back in. That's all they had to do. I don't feel like it's Or they just not tell anybody and just send an assassin to go kill him because they're pissed off at him. Yeah, well, I don't think they're going to do that. And I think there's going to be some spinoff movies with the tractor. Mm, I don't think so. I think there should be some awesome spinoff movies called the tractor. They are doing spinoff stuff, and they're doing a spinoff show, first of all. They're doing a spinoff show? What's it called? I don't know. Is it going to be called? John Wick something. The Continental Hotel? I think it actually is called The Continental. That's awesome. I'm a genius. Um, I should make movies. I could be wrong, though. I should make movies and TV shows. I think that you really underestimate the fact that John Wick, yes, they created a great universe, but it's called John Wick, and the star is Keanu Reeves, and he's like one of the biggest action stars in the world. And now he's dead. And so what are they just going to be like, go make a movie about the, some Canadian actor who's been in two episodes of a TV show before as the main star of a huge multi-billion dollar franchise? He was really good in this movie. You don't understand how life works. <laughs> We don't the need- idea that they're just going to kill off John Wick and then they're just going to make a movie with some randos in the lead is 
preposterous. Now, I'm not saying that they won't, they're not going to make some spinoff movies. They will, because they want to make as many as possible. But that just seems ludicrous to Look, me. Look, I want more John Wick, but John Wick is dead. You don't even seem convincing. I'm just saying, John Wick is dead. I don't think that he's dead. He can't get out. He's out. He's dead forever. I think that's a perfect way. You're going to be dead forever as soon as this podcast's over because I'm going to have to beat you with this microphone. I think that's a perfect way to end the series. For tattletailing about him dying. I think that's a perfect Yeah, it's a perfect way to end the series. But guess what? The series just ended with a 96% and made more money than any other movie in the franchise. And it has not had a one single failed attempt ever. So if Keanu Reeves and my boy Chad get together with some whiskey and come with some (laughs) cool ideas, I guarantee you John Wick's not going to be dead. If they would have wanted to make it to where John Wick was definitively dead we would have seen him got shot get shot in the head or get blown in half or see him in a casket there's a very intentional ambiguity he gets shot in the grazes in the side not grazed he gets shot in the side in the shoulder and in the arm that's classic he's not really dead wounds he got shot in the side grazed the the arm and shot in the shoulder yeah Three classic, you're not really dead moves. But look, I feel like, like I said, I feel like it's perfect. You know, he gets out, he gets it is. and he gets buried next to his wife. It's and, gorgeous. Yeah. And if they were going to end the series, they did it to where they could have it both ways. If this is the end, it has it's a perfect ending, which it isn't because they're definitely going to make another one. Oh my gosh. You're going to think it's going to be John Wick Chapter 5? Yep. You're such a loser. You're, what, you would be a, a John Wick Chapter 5 Believer. Yeah, they're gonna all. This is how it'll start. I'll just go ahead and tell you how John Wick chapter, chapter five starts. Winston and whatever Lawrence Fishburne's character's name, they're gonna be standing in front of John Wick's grave, and they're gonna be like, "Oh, oh, Johnny boy." No, he calls him Jonathan. Oh, Jonathan, visiting you here for the fiftieth time. So sad, but the tables have oh, gotten corrupted. Bad people. We wish you were here. Out walks John Wick from behind the grave. Sorry, guys. Had to keep you out of the loop. Uh, couldn't risk them coming. I've been sipping pina coladas in Mexico. This is so goofy. Yep. That's what happens. Also, I want to talk about something real fast. And then he beats everybody with coconuts for the whole rest of the movie. <laughs> I wanted to mention something. I feel like no one ever actually calls him John Wick. It's either John Vick or Juan Wick or... What the fudge? <laughs> Or Jonathan. Even they were calling him Juan Wick, they're still calling him John Wick. <laughs> and it's just because they have a Russian accent, they say John Vick, they're still calling him John Wick. Yeah, well, I just I thought about it. That was just like a dumb observation. <laughs> I just thought about it when I was watching the movie. I was like, do they ever actually just call him, like, in a white boy voice? In a white boy? What is wrong with you today? You're you're being racist. You're being ignorant. You're That's saying really stupid things. You're spoiling That's things that don't need to be spoiled. Okay, and perfect. You're like, I was thinking about when I watched the movie. Why don't they ever call him John Wick in a white boy voice? I don't feel seen. I don't feel represented. That's not what I meant. I meant That's what like, you said, though. I meant in, like, English, English. You said, you're making it worse because you already said a white boy voice. <laughs> so now you're saying English, English. Only white boys speak Europeans, English, English. Europeans. You ruined it. You can't talk about this anymore. Your you pants. honestly are dumb. Your pants. You just ruined it because you say so much ignorant things. It's not ignorant. That was a deeply, deeply ignorant it's thing not to say. Ignorant. That wasn't. Uh, you not, need to. Uh, you should apologize. You need to go on an apology tour. I'm sorry. That was that was gross. That's All right, stop. So I'm gonna say I'm gonna give uh, this movie ten out of ten um, axes to the face. Access no, actually, I changed that. 
37 out of 37 axes to the face. Ooh. Yep. It changed very Let's slowly. Let's go. Go quick. I don't I don't know. I don't feel like I sh- I feel comfortable giving a review anymore. We're 15 minutes in. I'll give it I'll give it 1 out of 1 um I would say fake deaths. 1 out of 1. Fake hmm. Weird review scale. You now nobody knows if you nobody knows if you like it or not. What do you mean? But that's our show. Like we don't know if Solomon liked it or not. I he gave it a one. To Sol- just to be clear, Solomon gave John Wick Chapter Four a one. It could have been a point two five out of. She gave it a one. one. Anyway, we got to go. That's the end of our show. We already went fifteen minutes oh, over. I feel really bad. Love you I'm guys. Not racist guys. See you later. I'm not uh, racist. Uh, don't end it with you just screaming. You're not racist. <laughs> that's what every racist says. Dum dum. What every racist? Please edit says. this all out of the <laughs> thing. Lots of racist. Bye. We'll see you later. Bye. We'll see you later. Follow us on Instagram at the Kid in the Pick and on RogueMediaNetwork.com. Till next time. This has been a Rogue Media podcast.